Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. It's Al Cole from CBS Radio, and I want to tell you about a renaissance woman who excels at everything she puts her innovative mind to. And you know, I'm going to start it out like this. What would you say if I told you that I was going to introduce you to a lady who is a very successful business entrepreneur and a world-class creative force as a realtor, interior designer, hosts charity golf tournaments for wildlife, and is the cutting-edge author of the stunning Magical Forces Within? Well, Al, I'd say make the introduction, brother. (laughs) I've just been dying to learn some of all of those things from somebody who sounds like a real magnetic lady. (laughs) Well... You're in luck because not only can you learn about the fabulous life accomplishments of this woman, whose name happens to be Rhonda Grant, (laughs) but week in and week out, Rhonda will introduce you to some of the most exciting guests on the planet as she hosts her own awesome podcast, The Rhonda Grant Show, on Contact Talk Radio. Week to week, Rhonda skillfully weaves the magical forces within her with the extraordinary discoveries in the sometimes ordinary lives of her guests who blossom before your very eyes through the guidance and know-how of such a skilled and sensitive host as Rhonda Grant. you got to check it out. Check out all the action at RhondaGrantAuthor.com. That's RhondaGrantAuthor.com. Dot com to witness the extraordinary discoveries in otherwise ordinary lives. And I hear some of you asking right now, well, Al, how do you know all this? <laughs> I'll tell you. It's because I weave some of the same magic on my own nationally syndicated show called People of Distinction. It's all about humanity at its best. Every guest with extraordinary things to say about the magical forces within life itself. Get it? So check them out. The Rhonda Grant Show, Extraordinary Discoveries in Ordinary Lives, and People of Distinction, created by me, Al Cole from CBS Radio, now hosted by my amazing son, Benji Cole. You can check out People of Distinction on Apple Music or email me for exciting updates on my music and my books, too, especially Romance for Women on Amazon. Email me at al at alcoholic.com. You heard me right. That's A L at A-L-C-O-L-E-H-O-L-I-C.com. And I really want to thank my CBS radio listeners for coming up with that handle, Alcoholic. <laughs> Seems like from day one, my listeners have been saying, Al, we love what you're doing there, brother. In fact, we're hooked on it. We're Alcoholics. So here we go in classic form with a swing of a golf club as she hosts another charity golf tournament for wildlife and another incomparable Rhonda Grant show. So all together, everybody, here's Rhonda. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now, and I have many great guests on the show, and I have a great guest coming up. If you've been searching for a deeper meaning in your life, go to Amazon and pick up my book, Magical Forces Within. You know, we're all ordinary people having extraordinary experiences, and we have a fantastic guest on the show today, Jane Bloffus, CLU, best-selling author, international speaker, and business coach. We're going to find out more about her extraordinary experiences. One minute. That's how fast you can lose a loved one. And then it's too late. 
A veteran of the life insurance industry, Jane has always thought that if anything unthinkable happened to her, she would be well prepared and able to handle it better than others would. Wrong. Welcome to the show, Jane. Hi, Rhonda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our time together. Thank you. Me too. Well, please let us know about your experience around that powerful introduction. Ooh, well, um, one sunny Sunday morning, my uh, daughter and I kissed my husband and her dad, of course, goodbye, and said, we'll see you later. And he um, ran down the stairs, yelled, I love you girls, and out the door he went. And I took my daughter to a um, uh, pre, you know, arranged appointment that she had, he went off to another appointment. And later that day at around 1.30 in the afternoon, I was in my driveway with talking to one of my neighbors when um, a police car pulled into the cul-de-sac that we lived on and went and parked in front of his house. And I joked with him because he'd been robbed two weeks before and they cleaned out his garage. Oh, and dear. I, I joked with him and said, haha, they figured out that you really didn't have a riding lawnmower for that patch of grass that you had. And so he laughed, went home and about five minutes later, I'd sat back down to finish painting the fence that I was working on, turned the music back up, and I looked through the lattice that I was painting to see the police officer and my neighbor crossing the lawn in between our two houses. And I stood up and the police officer addressed me by name and asked me if we could go into the house. And I said, no, where's my husband? And he asked me again by name if we could go in the house. And I again said, no, where's my husband? You know, Rhonda, I had this insane notion in my head that if I didn't let this police officer enter my home, come across my threshold, then right. he wouldn't tell me something bad. Anyway, he stood his ground and looked at me with tears in his eyes and said, ma'am, I regret to inform you that your husband was killed in an accident this morning. So in less than 60 seconds, I went from being a happily mm. married you know, wife, mother, executive, daughter, you know, whatever, to a widow with a 12 and a half year old and a financial tsunami coming my way. Wow. I am so sorry. What, what happened next, Jane? Oh, so many things happened. Some I remember, some I don't thank the Lord. I think God has a way of protecting, you know, letting your brain kick in to protect your heart. But, um, you know, all of the things that fall into place. And the most important one is notifying people. My daughter, actually, that morning, I'd put her on a plane from Winnipeg to go out to Victoria to visit my parents for her summer vacation. And so I had to call my parents. And I had to ask my parents to tell their only granddaughter that her father had been killed that morning. So that was call number one. Mm -hmm. Call number two was to my husband's family. But I my in-laws were Hungarian immigrants. And when they got excited, they switched to Hungarian if they got excited or emotional. So I couldn't speak it. So I called my youngest brother-in-law who broke the news to his family. And then the third call I made that day, because I've never been so terrified in my entire life was to my life insurance advisor was to ask him one question and one question only. And, right. and that's the question I've heard many widows and widowers ask is, are we going to be okay? Will we be all right? Mm -hmm. So that was sort of what started it. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that just some, as I said, some I remember, some I don't. Mm -hmm. And 
where do you go from there when you found out, like, uh, are we going to be okay? Um, what happened to you and your life? How did it change? Like it changed instantly, but how did that feel? Well, it was as if a Mack truck had run me over and then backed up and did it again. Mm -hmm. It was literally, it was a physical assault on my body. I felt Mm -hmm. like somebody had literally slammed me and knocked the breath right out of me. And I do remember uh, one of the neighbor went and got another one of our neighbors who was a nurse. And I remember her, I finally realized I was crouched in a ball on the floor of the living room screaming and she was sitting beside me just gently rubbing my back to try to get me to calm down because it was, and I was shaking because it was just such a shock to the body that I just, I couldn't handle it. And from there, you know, I picked myself up off the floor and then you have to put a whole series of things into motion. So you just, I think it, I think I went into autopilot to be quite honest with you. I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. It was really kind of weird because the business side of my brain kicked in as well as the other side of my brain. Because I was a businesswoman. I was in the financial services insurance business in particular. So I already had a lot of experience with other people in this area, not with me. So the business side kicked in and I started going, okay, so I have to, you know, I have to make these calls. I have to do this. I have to do that. But people started, you know, assembling around me to help me out. And I just, I don't know, I just, I just put honest to goodness, Rhonda, I just put one foot in front of the other and hoped for the best. Mm -hmm. And it must be a very vulnerable position to be in. uh, Because now you're a single mom, like your whole, your identity changed that day. Totally. You're, You're now a single mom. And all the responsibility now is on your shoulders. And you found out, I think, quite quickly uh, about your insurance policy and what that meant. And is that right? That you had in place? Luckily, we had done some some prior planning. We had actually sat down with our life insurance advisor the year before and done a complete review. We had had our wills updated to make sure they were current. So that was all in place. But even though I had done that, Mm -hmm. I still got blindsided by a number of things that I found out about later. And plus, on top of it all, as I mentioned, I had a financial tsunami coming my way because unfortunately, uh, my husband and three passengers in a small plane were all killed in the same accident. And my husband was piloting the plane. So that, well, didn't necessitate, but it brought upon me six months after he passed away the first of two lawsuits and within two years of the filing period, the third, because the other passengers' families, and I don't blame them, I guess, decided to sue the people that were involved that day. So, you know, you can prepare as much as you think you can prepare, but I never would have thought of something like that happening and that I needed to be prepared for that. So, oh, no. uh, a lot of no, things, not at all. Yeah, a lot of things caught me off guard. Well, and you have to wonder, uh, while you're going through all of this, is how much can a person take? <laughs> With, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it must have been hard to sleep at night anyway, but to have all of this looming over you 
um, it must have been really difficult. Well, I didn't sleep well at night because every time I closed my eyes, my brain would conjure up. I never saw what the result of the accident was, but my brain would play tricks on me. So I was afraid of the dark for quite a while. It just was not a good place for me to be. But my brain just kept, like I said, going into in and out of, okay, I have to do this, 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 and this, and then no, I can't cope. I just, just leave me alone. So what I ended up doing, Rhonda, was I, and I tell people this, I put on the superwoman tape mm-hmm. and I tied it really tight, darn near choking myself. And to the world at large, I looked like Jane who had it all together. You know, Jane, the executive, the, the, you know, whatever I had it to the world at large, I had it all together, but inside I was absolutely dying, absolutely dying. Oh, I guess you were. <laughs> I, I was grieving yet. I was forced into a position where he wouldn't tell me his final wishes. So I was trying to figure out what to do. And it just was like, every time I turned a corner, somebody had their hand out asking me for money instead of my life insurance advisor was the only one who handed me any money because everybody wanted the bills paid. Right. No, it's strange things like calling up the utility company and finding out that my name was not on the invoice. So I, yes, you know, this is one thing I say to people, get both your names on all of the utility bills because they won't deal with you. You know, I asked, the funeral director asked me how many death certificates I wanted. And I, I looked at him like a deer in the headlights, Rhonda, and I said, yes. uh, one. He goes, mm-hmm. I'll give you 15 to start if you need Ex- more, come back. Yes, and- exactly. And why do you need those? Uh, tell the audience, uh, Jane, why do you need those death certificates? Why are they so important? Because it's proof of death. And mm-hmm. it's that releases them to allow them to deal with you. Yes. But as I said, in the case of the utilities, um, it would have been much easier if my name had been on the invoices because they would have dealt with me. Like I remember calling up um, his credit card company and speaking to them and saying, you know, I'm calling to tell you that my husband's passed away. And, you know, somebody choked out a, 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 a I'm sorry, and then went right into the spiel about, well, here's the balance. We'll lock the interest as of today, but this is what you owe. And that was it. Mm-hmm. It was like, just write a check and send it in. So the, the death certificate is the final proof of, yes, I have the authority to deal with you. And, you know, I had to go back and ask for 10 more death certificates. Exactly. I ended up having to give out 25 different death certificates in order to get the estate in proper order to get it, you know, cleared up and, and finalized. So it was exactly. Yeah. I mean, and the lawyer needs it for um, the home uh, because they need to know that your husband has died or the wife has died so that the person who's remaining can actually list that home, sell that home. Uh, because if you don't have that death certificate, you're not doing anything without that other signature. Right? No, no. And you know, um, I went to see a therapist after everything happened, because I needed somebody who didn't know me to talk. Yes. To. Mm-hmm. I couldn't talk to my parents, they were grieving, I certainly couldn't talk to my 12 year old. And she said to me, one of the, the three toughest things that you will now face as you move forward with your life is one will be selling and moving out of the matrimonial home two would be leaving the province and three would be remarriage in that usually in that order i've done all three in probably a short period of time did you it wasn't uh, well actually 
the first two were in a, within about three years and remarriage was about seven years later and whatever. I'm happily remarried to a wonderful man, but he was nice. married to our girlfriend that we lost cancer. Oh, okay. So, you know, two widows and a child who lost her father under one roof. It really does happen, folks. It really does. And, um, and it's not until, um, it, I mean, it's really a wake up call. It, it just really uh, grounds you with a, a reality that you don't want to face, but you have to face. Um, because I know that people say when they have car crashes or things like that, it snaps them into now. It stops time uh, moving along. It stops that decision making and you're in a uh, survival. You're just trying to survive. And it's hard for people to understand what you're going through unless they've been going through it themselves. And quite frankly, a lot of people don't even know what to say to you. Did you find that? Oh, I, you know, I know this young lady meant well, but I've never forgotten this. I remember being on sitting on a couch somewhere and it came out as to what had happened or she knew what had happened. And she turned to me and put her hand on my arm and said, I totally understand what you're going through. My cousin just miscarried. And it was everything I could do to not say anything to her because I know she meant well. And it's to your point. Most people have no idea what to say to you. Mm -hmm. they, they just don't know how to react. And that's why I always say to people, when you're sending a card or you want to send a note or say something, I always say, just put a little note in that says, may time heal the pain, but may it never dim the wonderful memories that you shared. And a lot oh, of people. Beautiful. A lot Can you people, repeat that? Can you repeat that? That is just beautiful. May time heal the pain. Mm -hmm. but may it never dim the wonderful memories you have shared. And I have had so many people say to me, oh my goodness, that was amazing. And the other thing too, another thing I'll add here is a lot of people are afraid to use the deceased name because yes. they, if they call the person by name, it will bother you. It's exactly the opposite. If you don't use their name, that bothers us more because it's as if they never existed. Right. I get that for sure. It's as if they never existed. So don't hesitate to use the person's name. Don't use it repeatedly, but it's, it's all right to mention your, our loved ones by name. Mm -hmm. Did you have a pivotal point? Um, where you felt things changing and that you had a little bit more control over your life and not as afraid and as vulnerable? I think, <laughs> I think that pivotal point came 10 years after he passed away when the lawsuits were finalized. Because until, oh, sure. and, and until then, exactly. I had one foot stuck in the door of the past so I could never totally just start to move forward. I was always looking in the rearview mirror wondering, you know, was I going to be living on the corner of the street in a tent penniless or was I going to be okay? Thankfully, mm -hmm. it worked out that it was the latter. But I remember the day I got the verdict and found out what had happened. I cried so violently that I thought that truck had come back that I mentioned earlier and hit me again. And my second husband had to take the phone from me and talk to the lawyer because I, I was hyperventilating. I was crying so hard and I didn't realize all the stress that I had been carrying in my body for 10 years. 
10 years. So it's a long time to carry that. And it's, it's a very, very long time. And that for me, I guess would be a pivotal point when I went, okay, now I can close that door and look at what the future looks like. There were some other things along the way, but having you ask me that question, it just hit me up the side of the head that that probably was the most pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's so cathartic and lots of times, uh, and you may have felt this, you may not have felt this, but I find that when, uh, when something solves itself, gets solved or I solve it, and my body, you carry stuff in your body and you just take a big, deep breath. And I mean, I'm not comparing that to what you went through, but the understanding is, is that we do carry things in our body. And then when we find out the results, we just exhale, right? And um, you must have had such a freedom, especially when you didn't realize that that would be your reaction, plan that reaction or anything like that, is that you must have had such a freedom going forward. That's yes, I did. But the interesting thing is, as I didn't have it right away. I had carried this around for so long that Mm -hmm. it just didn't, I didn't just exhale and it went away. It still took a while to actually believe what I had been told because I had this long email from the lawyer. And of course the lawyer writes in lawyer jargon and I, I phoned the lawyer and I said, okay, all I want you to tell me is, is this what I think this means? He said, yes. And that's when I lost it. Right. So took me a while to feel um, comfortable and confident and to believe what I'd been told. Then I was able to start to feel the freedom and move forward, but it didn't come immediately. Okay. Well, uh, you've been through a tremendous amount. Uh, Tell me about your book that you wrote. Well, the book is our story. Okay. Uh, I'll go back to something I mentioned to you earlier. I was so blindsided by so many things that came my way afterwards. I thought, okay, I'm in, I'm in the insurance industry. I've got training, knowledge, expertise. I have a designation. If I was blindsided by all of this, what does the average person go through? Perfect. Thank you. So I thought, okay, I'm supposed to pay this forward. And, and I decided that I wanted to share the story to help one family never to have to go through what we went through. So I approached my daughter who was 22 at the time. And I said, this is what I'm planning on doing. I said, do you want me to tell your story or do you want to write your story? My daughter is a provincial level debater and communications and English is her first, you know, whatever. So she, she went away, thought about it for two weeks and came back and said, no, mom, I think I'll write my own story. And I talked to my second husband because as I mentioned, he was married to my girlfriend, we lost to cancer. And there's a story there as well. So under one roof, we've been exposed to a whole bunch of things that most families never have to deal with under one roof. So we wrote the story, and we put it out there. And something happened, it took it grew legs. (laughs) It took on a life of its own, because people started talking about it and telling people about it. And then my readers came back to me and said, one of the things, by the way, in the back of the book, 
is a 33-page master checklist on how to have courageous conversations. I'm coined as a catalyst for courageous conversations. Awesome. And that's, the conversation starts with yourself. What do you want? As I mentioned, my husband would never tell me what his final wishes were. So it's like he handcuffed me and blindfolded me and made me walk down this, you know, road without going, knowing where I was going. So then you have to, how do you talk to your loved ones? How do you start this conversation? Because it's not your usual Friday night dinner conversation is, you know, what happens if I die tomorrow or become disabled? And then how do you work with the professionals you need to engage, like financial advisors, lawyers, accountants? I highly recommend people pre-plan their own funerals, please, just please. And so born out of the checklist, my readers came back to me and said, I love this checklist, but you keep telling me to get all this documentation together to have this, this, and I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. What do I do? Help, help, help. So I built a companion planning binder to help people to have a simple roadmap to follow. So they came together and here we are third edition. I've now had the the pleasure and the honor of speaking around the world. You have, um, yes. I my binder is in a Canadian and a U.S. version. I'm I'm I just I it's if you had told me when I was growing up that I would be where I am today, I would have asked you if you were okay. <laughs> I was artsy, yes. artsy. I was yes. in the fashion world. So right, never, but <laughs> here I am. And uh, you wrote the book as well. Mm-hmm. Wrote the book, shared the story, and my daughter did write her own chapter. And fantastic, brilliant, brilliantly. You know, her claim to fame is: if mom doesn't get you by chapter seven, I'll get you in chapter eight. And there's a disclosure that we should really put out with the book: do not read this in public. You will either be laughing out loud or crying, and that's what people say. Why didn't you tell me I shouldn't read this in public? So right, it, it's 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 hitting. I don't know. It's making a difference. It sure is. It sure is. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant Show uh, right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by Simatrax, and I am speaking with Jane Bloffus, who is a best-selling author, uh, international speaker, and coach. Uh, The name of her book is called With the Stroke of a Pen. And uh, please let the listeners know how they may reach you, Jane. Contact you. Thank you. And then the full name of the book is With the Stroke of a Pen, Claim Your Life, just because they they have to go together. Okay. The only place you can get my book is off my website. So it's www.janeblauf. Us.com. And that's where you can find both, both the book and the binder. And Rhonda, if I may, I'd love to offer your listeners today, if they're interested, I'd be happy to offer free shipping as a gift from me because you've been so gracious having me on as a guest today. Well, that is wonderful. And so how may they, uh, how would they contact you in order to get that? They just go onto the website, onto the page that says shop, and they can order it directly on there and it will prompt them and walk them through. We'll pick up all the information we need. And if they, if anybody wants to talk to me or has a question, drop me a note in the info at the Blawfist group. There's a contact page on the web, the website as well. And I'm happy if anybody wants to reach out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. So I encourage 
our listeners to do that because Jane is an absolute wealth of knowledge in this. I know it's a tender subject and I know we don't like to speak about it, but the best thing uh, to, is to um, ask Jane to ship this out to you so that you can, you and your loved ones can be prepared uh, when this type of thing uh, happens in your life. Um, help me, um, what uh, extraordinary discoveries have you found in your life, Jane? Well, one was that I didn't have to be superwoman. It was okay to take the superwoman cape off and to ask for help because it's a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. And I think the biggest thing is um, it took me until I was 55 to figure out who I was supposed to be when I grew up. So it's okay if you don't find that out until later in life. Yes, I know. But I think one of the biggest things, Rhonda, was once I sort of followed the bouncing balls through my life and I put all the dots together, I realized that everything I've been through during my my life to this point was preparing me for the mission that I'm on now. And my mission is, is that I was preparing people, preparing to help people to get their personal and financial lives in order while they can. And I'm on a mission to help people to cut through the fear and to have these courageous conversations so that if God forbid the time comes, they're prepared and all they have to do is focus on either caring for a loved one who might be ill or taking care of themselves and their family if they've lost someone. That's my fondest wish in life that I can help with the the work that I've been doing. Mm -hmm. And how does the workbook help them? The workbook takes the guessing out of it. And fantastic. I have, I have a lawyer who uses it in estate planning. And he said, this is the most, this is the easiest roadmap in 35 years of estate planning I've ever seen. All people have to do is just follow, he called it the bouncing ball himself, mm-hmm. and just fill in the blanks, but to make sure that they revisit it on a regular basis and not just do it once and put it on the shelf. It has to be a living, breathing document that gets updated and all of that. But I wanted to take the angst out of having to do it. Because mm-hmm. people usually find out as they go along and then that knowledge again is, is lost because they don't transfer it to someone else. They're just surviving during those times and they don't have the presence of mind to say, listen, if this happens to you, you know what I mean? People don't do that. So I'm so pleased that you have developed um, this, this program that people can, can, it's a checklist that people can go through and make sure uh, that they have their, their house in order, really. It is. And you just touched upon something that I, I'd like to pick up on is one of the things we must think about is what if we lose our ability to communicate with people towards the end of something as to what our wishes are, because we may have lost our own voice. Right. This is the voice. This binder, this checklist is the voice as our prepared wills, powers of attorney, living wills, all of those sorts of things. They are, this is all about a legacy of love, Rhonda. Yes, perfect. I don't know about you, but I'd like my legacy of love to be that mom was prepared, Jane was prepared, and I didn't have to try to figure all of this out when I all of this out when I couldn't ask her any questions. I'd like it to be my gift to the ones mm-hmm. that I love that I left this world. I, my motto is we have an obligation to ourselves and to those we love 
to leave this world in an organized manner. We have no right to leave chaos behind. That's my mantra. You have you have beautiful sayings for sure. Yes, I mean, it must be extraordinarily difficult to have the shock that you went through, to be in the grief that you were in, and then have to deal with everything. Because for some reason, you've got to pull a, a part of you uh, to the forefront in order to deal and set yourself self aside. And a lot of people have to do that. And a lot of people recognize those words. Um, but if you think about if you could, if your, your loved ones can be prepared, then it entitles you to your grief. It entitles you to that time that you need because the, you need the grief in order to heal and in order to move forward. And if it's all jumbled up with making plans and answering questions and getting death certificates and all that sort of stuff and changing your utilities and, and all those things that you have to take care of, it's, it's going to be a whole lot easier. Well, and it also, you know, you've got to remember that life goes on and with life comes anniversaries and things like that. So my husband was supposed to, he died in July, right. turned 40 in August. It was our wedding anniversary in September. It was my birthday in October. It was Thanksgiving. It was my daughter's birthday, December 22nd. It was Christmas. It was New Year's. And in January, I literally, I literally had a nervous breakdown <laughs> sitting in my office one Friday afternoon. I lost it. Oh, I've never been so scared in my entire life. And yes. thankfully, I had a good support network around me of friends and family who pulled me out of the black hole that I felt I was never coming out of. And that was also another pivotal point when after, you know, I had help from family again, I changed a few things up and then I started to come out the other side. But it was scary. Very, Very scary. Very scary. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing. It's very difficult uh, uh, to share those types of intimate moments and tender moments that you've had. Do you feel that you've been called, Jane, to your mission? Uh, yes, I do. I do. And I, I'm not trying to be, you know, super religious or anything like that. Um, I just know why God put me on the face of the earth. I figured it out. Like I yeah, said, it's just 55 to figure out but I know exactly why I'm here a very good friend of mine said to me even last week don't you wish this had all come sooner in your life and I said it wasn't able to because I had to live my life in order to have the story all of these things had to happen in the order that they happened in order for me to be able to tell the story and to help others like I do today and she goes you know I never thought of it that way but you're 100 percent right and so, like I said, the bouncing balls, yes. I was literally Rhonda, do we have a minute so I can just share a quick little story as to how I realized? Absolutely. Please. Sitting in my office, sitting at my desk, and I had the story on one side and I was starting to build the checklist and a separate document on the other side. And I was sitting at my desk and all of a sudden I looked up heavenward and I went, okay, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Stop beating me on the head. It hurts. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to put the story and the checklist together because I didn't want people just to pat me on the arm and say, sorry for your loss and walk away. I wanted to affect change. I wanted to not disturb, but I wanted to shake people out of their shoes enough to get them to say, I have to do something about this. As soon as I put the two of them together, I wrote and published the book 
from start to it in my hands in six months, which is not the norm. No, it's not. <laughs> and then the, the binder came later. That took me five months and I nearly lost all my hair trying to pulling it out, trying to put it together. But anyway, <laughs> I just knew that I was put here to share this because I'd been in the insurance business. All of the, all of the dots came together. And that's when I realized that that's why I'm here. And that's what I'm supposed to do is pay this forward and be a voice for change and for people getting their personal and financial lives in order while they can. Mm -hmm. And we just can't drive it home um, any harder than that. I mean, as we are having this podcast and it's going to stay around for a long time, is that there are many people out there who do not have their wills done and you need to have your will done because those are your wishes as Jane has said they do have the kits in in different stores I do recommend a lawyer wouldn't you join I would totally recommend a lawyer because a friend of mine is a lawyer and said the largest litigation case she has ever defended was around a $29.99 will that somebody downloaded off the internet. It took 10 years to finalize the estate and destroyed the estate. The lawyers are worth their weight in gold. You know, you hear about credit cards being priceless. Mm -mm -mm, These professionals are priceless. And also make sure that you, your will is up to date. It's amazing how many times people pass away with the wrong beneficiaries on things. Yes. Their executor is predeceased them. Like you, exactly. Not planning that you do and stick in a drawer and never pull out again. This is a living, breathing, changeable document. These are documents that need to be upgraded, And, you know, like, thank goodness for proper planning for us, because as I told you, there was all the fallout from the the accident. I can't stress enough how valuable a professional's advice can be, especially when it comes to, you know, financial and legal. Uh, Well, yes, because it's an investment, a very small investment, a few hundred dollars, and it protects Uh, your estate it protects your money it protects who you want your valuables to go to because if you don't have that uh, we don't know nobody knows how long it's going to take to clean up your estate make these things happen you know disperse the money exactly and to the right and people heirs of it you know I always say a financial advisor think of it this way Rhonda a financial advisor is the person who can put money in motion And the lawyer is the one who makes sure that that money legally goes to the beneficiaries and the people it's deemed and supposed to go to. And the accountant makes sure that the tax authorities get their due, but not anything more than they need to. It, It breaks my heart when I see how many times there's money that goes into taxes that did not need to go that way way Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't properly planned to go to the, in the appropriate order. So that's why I say, don't be afraid of talking to professionals. And if you don't know who to start with, ask people that you know, like, and trust who they work with to recommend you to somebody, you know, and women, I'm a big proponent of, of women getting their, their affairs in order. Do you know, 
91% of women are predicted to be responsible for their own, the, the, the home's financial finances at some point in their life. 91%, be you 22 years old, be you 92 years old. And it's important that we as women know what's going on. We are involved in the decisions. We understand what the ramifications are. We ask questions and we do not, you know, I jokingly, well, I don't really jokingly say, but I've said this many times, a man is Mm -hmm. not a plan. Well, yeah. And the thing is, is the stats uh, are there that men die before women. Mm -hmm. I once, uh, here's a little story. I'm a realtor. And I had to go and meet a client who was uh, with his mom, uh, visiting his mom, who was in an, um, an elderly home. And as I walked down the hall, it was a beautiful retirement home. As I walked down the hall, all I saw was name tags that were women's names. And I was reading the names and reading the names and reading a long hallway. And I came to the number that I needed to, and her name matched it, knocked on the door. And my burning question, which I ended up asking while I was there, was, is this a woman's floor? Mm -hmm. Well, no, it wasn't the woman's floor. Uh, This was a big retirement home. And I think there were six men in the retirement home that all of the women were fighting over. But I'm saying, there's your example. Women uh, really need, and I agree with what you're saying. Well, of course I agree with what you're saying because you're a professional and you do this for a living. But it's just to, it's, it's just to um, uh, strike a chord with people that, especially women, that they need to take care of business. They need to be involved. They need to know. And if they don't have a will, they must take their men and march them to their lawyer's office and get it done. The they really thing- do. Yes, I totally agree with you. The other thing, too, that women need to be really thinking about is long-term care, is because of what you just said about outliving, we on average outlive men our age by seven years. Okay. So, you know, there's a dynamics, family dynamics have changed. There's a lot of women today whose children don't live close to them. They might live in Europe. They might live across Canada. They might... so. And a lot of, I'm finding a lot of women have a very small social circle. And anyway, your social circle shouldn't be responsible for taking care of you. So one of the things women really need to be cognizant of and thinking about is if God forbid something happens to me and I need long-term care help, where am I going to get it? And where am I going to get the money to pay for it? Because long-term care is extremely expensive. So there's such a thing as long-term care insurance. So if you're dealing with a financial advisor, I highly recommend you have a conversation about that because that again is worth its weight in gold. Right. So before we wrap up the show, um, let the listeners know how they may reach out to you again, Jane. If you would like to take advantage of the tools that are available, the book in the binder, again, it's at my website, Jane Blaufus, B-L-A-U-F-U-S.com. And again, you can drop me a note on the contact page on my website if you've got any questions, if I can be of help, if I can make any recommendations. If you're looking for a financial advisor and don't have one, I'm not a practicing financial advisor today, but I have a huge network and I'm happy to introduce or make introductions. But you know what, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to help anybody where I can, or if you just want to have a little conversation, just give me a, drop me a note. 
Well, thank you very much. You're so approachable. And I and I hope that people reach out and I hope that people do take the advice uh, that we've talked about on the podcast. It's just been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you so much for uh, spending this time and sharing your knowledge with us. Well, thank you very much for having me and I've enjoyed every moment of being with you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jane. Theme song coming up for the Rhonda Grant Show is Sun on the Water, composed and performed by my friend John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thank you so much for joining Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rhondagrantauthor.com. That's rhondagrantauthor.com. 